Welcome to today's Bible quiz. Just four questions today. Let's see how you do. Today's quiz is going to be on Bible medals. The first of the four questions about the Bible medals is this. After slaying Goliath, what kind of a bow medal did David say that he could break with his arms? After slaying Goliath, what kind of a bow medal did David say he could break with his arms? Question number two. Judah's sin was once engraved with a diamond-pointed pen on horns of altars. What kind of metal was used in this pen? Judah's sin was once engraved with a diamond-pointed pen on horns of altars. What kind of metal was used in this pen? Question number three. Ezra recounts a special vessel of a metal that was as precious as gold. What was that metal? Ezra recounts a special vessel of a metal that was as precious as gold. What was that metal? And lastly, number four. Exodus tells us about the onyx stones graven with the names of the children of Israel. What metal enclosed these onyx stones? Again, Exodus tells us about the onyx stones graven with the names of the children of Israel. What metal enclosed these onyx stones? And now for the answers. Question number one. After slaying Goliath, what kind of bow metal did David say he could break with his arms? Steel. Steel. Psalm 18.34 says, He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken in mine arms. Question number two. Judah's sin was once engraved with a diamond-pointed pen on horns of altars. What kind of metal was used in this pen? Iron. Iron pen. Jeremiah 17.1 tells us, The sin of Judah is written with an iron, a pen of iron with the point of a diamond. It is graven upon the table of their heart and upon the horns of your altars. Question 3. Ezra recounts a special vessel of a metal that was as precious as gold. What was that metal? Answer. Fine copper. Fine copper. Ezra 8.27. Also 20 basins of gold of a thousand drams and two vessels of fine copper, precious as gold. Question number four. Exodus tells us about the onyx stones graven with the names of the children of Israel. What metal enclosed these onyx stones? Answer, gold, gold. Exodus 39.6 says, And they wrought onyx stones enclosed in ouches of gold, graven as signets are graven with the names of the children of Israel. If you ever look at fine art in big museums or pictures or reproductions of it somewhere, you will see this thing. It's, it's, if you don't know what you're looking for, <laughs> you may miss it. Folks, it's called Bible Learning Cup. Let's go over these questions a little bit if you'd like. Now, this is just a warm-up. Uh, you know, there's some other ones I've got planned here. But uh, after slaying Goliath, okay, they used a bow and arrow. Uh, Judah's sin was once engraved with a diamond on the horns of an altar. Okay, so the Bible has a lot more metallurgy in it than anything. You compare that to the Quran or any, I mean, uh, we'll go over to the, the Southeast Asia, all those books. All the books say the Bible has a lot of science in it, if you just want to take a look. Now, Ezra recounts a special vessel that was as precious as gold, that was the copper. If you want to, uh, let's just take a non-Christian. For you guys out there, say, I don't want to read about the Bible, I'm tired of hearing about it. Okay, go down there to LibriVox.org, they have free audio books. And they've released the copy of Cortez when he came over with Alvarado and just completely decimated South America and took tore with just 700 people, killed thousands and thousands of the people down there. Well, the Vatican, of course, has held that. Those have all been translated into English now, or most of them. 
Have they been sanitized? Yeah. But you can listen to it. It's fascinating. And this thing about copper being more precious than of gold kind of comes up. If you want to get away from the Bible a little bit, fine, and do some other history, fine. But at least have these biblical mandates or concepts filed in the back of your mind. So when you use regular, true historical novels and research, you'll say, oh, here's this thing about copper. Why they were so worried about getting copper from the American Indians. I, you know, I even wondered why until I stumbled or re-stumbled back upon this verse. Now, another thing about Ezra, while we're here, just think of the, I'm going to, let me give you one way to remember scripture. <clears throat> just one. Think of a 7-Eleven store. 7-Eleven store, little Ezra, a little Old Testament character with a, with a robe. He comes on and the 7-Eleven guy goes, hey, Ezra, you can't come in here in the 7-Eleven store. You belong back in the Old Testament. You're awful short, little short Ezra. You can't come into the 7-Eleven. Okay, if you remember that, you'll never, ever again forget Ezra 7-Eleven. Ezra 7-11 is very important, uh, the, the verse. When it goes Ezra 7-11 to Ezra 7-12, right in there, many Bibles will put some extra ink, or bold face, or a little hieroglyphic sign by that passage. Many people believe the Bible is just written in Hebrew and Greek, but that's not quite true. It's written also in the third language, sometimes called Syriac or Aramaic or Chaldean, different names for it. And it, I mean, it's not a slam on anybody. It's just, you know, it's just... If you study a little bit, it's there. It doesn't mean anything's wrong. And so that will let you, when you go to buy a Bible, if you're going to lay down over 100 bucks and get serious, you want to, you want the paper where there's no bleed through to cause eye strain. You want it accurate, like a Texas Receptus-based Bible. I use the King James or the Webster. And also, you want it to have the, like on Psalm 119, it, it should say Aleph and Bet with those little Hebrew numbers on top of every 10 or 15 uh, sentences there. That means the editor has done his job. And then lastly, go to what What was that verse we just learned? 7-Eleven store? Yeah, Ezra, little short guy with a Bible robe. Ezra, 7-Eleven, get out of the store. Ezra 7-Eleven and 7-12, the verse after that, put your thumb or your finger down it and see what the editor has done to that Bible. Did he put a bold face like, hey, this has got more ink on it or, or a little, maybe a footnote, something like that. Well, it's called Bible Learning Cup. Hey, this is, to me, this is fun, taking a peek at the Bible like this. Can we do another one? Yeah, but if we do too many in one day, people, it turns into a trivia thing. If we can just put some concepts like this out daily, like, like I finally ended up doing or, or listening to, uh, it, it sticks with you a little bit better that way. And I'll maybe another, another seven days or, you know, to look, for me to look some of these things up. Now, how do you feel about Bible quizzes? Do you think they have any place here on the platform? If you, in fact, I, now I don't beg for, for, uh, uh, hand claps, but if you're out there, if you want to see some more Bible quizzes at this moment, just tap the hand clap button a few times so I know there's some people out there that want to see hear some more. Lord bless you all, and bye for now. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Bible Learning Cup. I'm your host. You know, have you ever thought about how many things have either fallen down or come down out of heaven that the Bible tells us? Can you name five or ten right now? You know, sometimes a school teacher, when kids are about the level of, oh, a little bit older than the, you know, the playground status, will say to a child, can you name five parts of a flashlight, for instance? And the kid goes, uh, well, the battery, uh, the lens, the bulb, uh, let's see, that's three, um, um, you know, the body it goes in, and the cap it screws on. Okay. And so there it is. then she may peck it up a little bit and uh, say to the students when they get a little older, hey, buddy, Jerry, name 20 parts of a bicycle. Now, it sounds a little daunting to some people at first, but it's really not. 
uh, you know, you start at the hub, the hub, the bearings, the spoke, the spoke uh, nipples that fit on the end there, the rim, the rim ring inside, the tire, the tube, the valve stem, the cap. Before you know it, you've got it. So what this does, once somebody actually models this, does a quiz, it opens kind of like a neural pathway. It kind of energizes you to, to take on board things a little bit. Maybe you don't want to really study it. It gives you a chance to start thinking seriously about it. Well, let's do that at an adult level at a biblical level right now. Can you name five or ten things that have come out? I'll give. I'll do the first couple. I'll do these. How about water, like the flood from Noah? How about uh, fire and brimstone? <laughs> a little situation there. Okay, you name the rest. Well, I'm going to read some to you, and I think we're going to have a, a little fun time here. Right off the bat, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? That's old Isaiah, Old Testament, Isaiah 14:12. Daniel, I saw in the visions of my head upon my bed, and behold, a watcher, that's one thing, and a holy one, that's two things, came down from heaven. That's Daniel 4.13. By the way, I'm using the King James Version here if you care to look them up yourself. Next, okay, okay that's some things men have known. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. That's Jesus Christ. He came down, he went back up. And that his little experience there on the cross, what we call the, the crucifixion. Now, next, Luke tells us, And he said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. That was Jesus talking. Now, this is kind of funny here. You know, old Peter's example, always talking, always popping off. Hey, Jesus, let's do it this way. I'll do it. You'll see my zeal. When Jesus said, I beheld Satan, when you read the Bible, everyone's quiet. And you just know their eyes are open, their ears are open, and their mouth is shut. Peter's not popping off. Somebody said, I just saw the devil. I just saw him fall out of heaven like lightning. Whoa, especially after you've seen what Jesus has done. That'll get your attention. Uh, next up, let's go back to the Old Testament here a little bit. And had rained down manna upon them to eat, and had given them of the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food. He sent them. They talked about how he sent it to them. That's Psalm 78, verses uh, 24 to 26 over there. Now, another one. This is one that has, by implication, a man and a chariot kind of up and down from heaven. It's Second Kings 2.11. I'm not going to really read it. It talks about the chariot of fire. Because that could be open to interpretation, I could be accused of maybe not stand between the guardrails. I'll skip it. Let's go to one that's maybe a little bit clearer. While we're in Second Kings, let's go to one two. It says, And Elijah answered and said to them, If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And then, by the way, the fire did come down. That happened several times in the Bible. Okay, now this next one I'd like you to really listen to. This is Job. Many people, including myself, believe this is the oldest book of the Bible. Uh, 1, verses 6 and 7 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came along also among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Now, this is not a fairy tale. This is one of the few rare glimpses you get in, uh, about the devil talking and, and having a conversation, especially in heaven. Really rare stuff. Well, apparently he's not permitted from going up and down. And Jesus just said, I just saw him come down like heaven, like the lightning there. He's, you know, by the way, in the Bible, when the Lord asks somebody a question, it's not like a stubborn child. You have to say, hey, listen to me. Hey, did you hear what I just said? You, you look at me. No, no. One time he asked the devil, where you been, boy? So I'm paraphrasing. And the next thing, he's coming up with that answer real quick like. And it's the accurate answer. And so you might just give that some thought next time you do you, uh, some research. 
Now, it just happens that over in Acts, the next one is another mischief coming down. This is a guy called Elimus the Sorcerer. I hate to go into this so much, but there's so much of this darn sorcery going on in a very light form in the coffee shops that I frequent. The kids, the little girls talking about the unicorn, and they're going to get together and conjure up a little thing. And it's just a little spirit guide. My teacher talks about a power and the energy, the energy and the power and the vibration and the universe. We have a spirit guide come in. Well, that's how it starts. Then you go end up becoming a trance medium, and then it goes from there. You start hearing voices sometimes. I mean, uh, anyway, let's get back to the, the scripture. Acts 13.8 says, But Elimus the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right way of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking somebody to lead him by the hand. Now, I don't know how far this mist fell. Was it the atmosphere, the ionosphere, the troposphere? Was it just up a couple hundred yards that came down on the guy? I don't know, but nonetheless, it did come down on him. Well, how are you doing so far? Did you have a couple of those on the tip of your tongue? Uh, some of these, did you say, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that, I knew that. <laughs> are you saying maybe, you know what? Maybe I kind of am not quite as familiar with that Bible. And like the little homily I gave earlier about asking a little child, hey, name five parts of a flashlight. Maybe this will kind of help spur you a little bit. Say, you know what? I'm going to get me a brand new Bible. You know the kind I use here? It's called the King James. Try to get a big print one or a Webster. If you got the money, try to buy one on, with the papers a little thicker where it doesn't bleed through. There's less eye strain that way. By the way, I'm, I get nothing from this. I'm getting kind of far afield. Walmart, if you're low on money, you can actually order one uh, from not much money, around 20-some bucks, a large print King James. Now, it's not a Cambridge edition, but it's got good paper and uh, does a great job, bang for the But You wouldn't believe they would have one like that. But there's, it was available last time I looked. Let's get back to the... Uh, some sounds here going on and the third angel sounded what i guess you heard that out of heaven there's a sound coming out of heaven and there fell a great star from heaven okay burning as it were a lamp now there are certain religions the people are fine but the religion is faulty they believe part of this star type stuff has already fallen down and they believe they have a part of this thing you can worship that's right they have a thing that you can go into pilgrimage and they believe you can see this thing and bow down to it and then you can have a big stick and you can, when you get back home, you can kind of herd goats with it and keep everything ship shape and follow your religion. And then if your wife accidentally stumbles in public and maybe her skirt just goes up past her ankle, just a little bit, you can say she's showing off and beat her with that same stick that you beat goats with and be absolutely uh, tolerated by your religion and by the people in charge. You might think about that when we read these verses here, how, how they're interpreted as different ways and have a, try to get a pretty good understanding of what your Bible says. Anyway, Nehemiah 9.12 talks about uh, the pillar of fire to give them light uh, in the way where th they should go. And it talks about, uh, uh, Thou came down also upon Mount Sinai, and spaketh with them from heaven. How would you like to have somebody come down from Mount Sinai and talk to you from heaven? And of course, bread from heaven, Nehemiah 9.15. Lastly, Mark 14.62. This is one of my favorite ones. Oh, this is a real good one. And Jesus said, I am and ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming down in the clouds of heaven. Now, a few years ago, there was a guy in Waco, Texas that said he was the Messiah. 
and then that's when Janet Reno and they had many, many things, fire bombs, tanks, machine guns, uh, David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. Uh, it didn't so good. He was a kind of Messiah. He didn't make it. There was a Messiah that did make it, has made it, and he's coming back. Forget about worried about chemtrails. Yeah, they're up there. They're real. I've studied them, and there probably is a chemical component or an aerosolized uh, thing that's not good for you. Maybe they're going to try to get rid of the clouds. But when Jesus said right here, you're going to see it, the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Now, if you're more curious about that, you want to have your eyes kind of cleared up, you might do what's called the born-again experience. Oh, you've heard it here many times. It's simply believing that Jesus Christ, to sacrifice it, to get it right, died on that cross for you, shed his blood, he rose on the third day again. And if you believe that, and say it with your mouth, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's number one. Two, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. And you believe it, you say, no, no, I'm, I'm going to heaven, I believe in Jesus Christ. Upon the authority of the word of God, they're telling you that you're born again. And that's what I'm saying as well. Lord be with you all. Bible Learning Cup, out for now.